and welcome to this week's Three Legs, Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with... Sean. Bruce. And Lee. We're in our first double header of the uh, of the season. We had the first leg in Portugal this weekend. Not as bad a race as people were making out. No, I didn't no think so. No, held my interest. Yeah, we had action, we had passes, we had overtakes. We only had one DNF. Legitimate race for the lead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I thought it was pretty good, actually. Mm, I did. Um, it was just, you got that feeling that that Red Bull just lacked like a tenth or two, didn't it, to, yeah. Yeah. to really make it a race. Yeah, I think with um, with a bit with a bit more with a bit more in race pace, I think we'd have, we'd have seen it a lot closer. But Mercedes, as usual, pulled a strategy out for Lewis that seemed to uh, seemed to work pretty well. Surprised to see hard tyres getting featured so much. Yeah, I don't know what. If you look at the, we'll go through obviously, but if you look at where some teams were and how some performed better than others, I don't know if it was maybe the track that sort of lent itself to slightly, you know, slightly different teams that that might not perform better uh, at other circuits. Um, so maybe it might be slight disparity with the whole Mercedes um, being ahead thing. Although I do think they've got a handle on their car. I don't know if it's a permanent handle, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it looked it looked good for for this week, and I think that's that kind of bodes well for them for Spain as well, because they are yeah. they are very similar circuits. I yeah, think. But I agree with what you were saying. It was the hard tire thing, wasn't it? That's where mm-hmm. I was eventually going to with that. Was that this Mercedes car works well on the hard tires? Maybe the Red Bull works better on the softs. I think this was the hardest of the hard tyres as well, wasn't it? I think it was compound C1, C2 and C3 this weekend, yeah. so that was proper abrasive circuit. Were they too hard? Because they lasted like most of the race on like mediums. I don't know whether they were too hard or not, but they were the Real hardest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's it- that delicate line, isn't it, where yeah. if, if, if tyres last too long, then we complain they're lasting too long and they're not like making the race interesting but then it's good to have that have the harder tires you know because i mean lewis and verstappen although verstappen didn't really have the the pace in him to actually go for lewis at least it, the the race wasn't won because one of their tires died yeah yeah i know what you mean but it would be nice to see and i don't like you know necessarily strategies winning races but it, it would have made it more interesting i think if the if they were forced to stop at a certain time instead of, you know, well, it's fine, you can stay out for another 15 laps, yeah, it's all right, don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, Lewis did his usual 15 to 20 laps after saying that the tyres were starting to go off, and I'm pretty convinced he set a couple of fastest laps during during those ones as well. He just likes to complicate it for himself sometimes, doesn't he? It's, yeah. It's code. I am convinced it's code. <laughs> if there was graining, and uh, then it, then they came back. Well, from from the looks of things, and from what um, from what Ted was saying, what looked like um, what looked like blistering on the outside was actually pickup because they had mm. a more extreme camber than normal this time because of because of a couple of corners um, being um, being taken sort of downhill and on a really sharp camber, the tyres for Portimao are slanted in more than uh, more than you'd normally get. Right. Okay. So it looks like there was less of a contact patch on the outside of the tire, so that was that was picking up more on the rare occasions that um, it actually touched the ground fully. 
from from what I from what I can get from basic physics. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yay, science. <laughs> um, any sort of any notable moments do you think stood out during the race? Well, no, it was. I, I, I want to speak about Saturday to start with because you know we, we were there was there was a big fallout, wasn't there, after Imola? I'm not going into it again. I promise. Um, <laughs> I thought both drivers, both Bottas and Russell, responded absolutely brilliantly on that Saturday. Um, I know Russell had had a, had a word with Lewis Hamilton. Um, um, you know, had a, they'd been speaking in private. And I, I just wonder if Hamilton had imparted some advice to him about doing the talking on the track because that was that Saturday. Like Mr. Saturday was Mr. Saturday. Uh, he really was. Um, and then Bot- Bottas obviously went and stuck it on pole. Um, so I think both drivers brilliant responses to to what happened in Imola. Williams reckoned that if uh, Lando had gone had finished his lap and not dived into the pits, um, Russell would have got to Q three as well because because he'd have got the toe down the straight. Uh, yeah, because it was it was a got very very narrow margin from Russell getting through and not. So yeah, that could have been it. Yeah, how f- how far off was he in the end? Anyone anyone actually got any? It was yeah, it was not much. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was nothing. Fraction. Um, my my take from the race was I I don't understand. I know the uh, driver of the day thing can be a little bit squirrely, but quite how Sergio Perez managed to pull that one off, I've no idea. Yeah, I was surprised when I saw that. I thought possibly Ricardo or Alonso might. I I thought Alonso. Because yeah, they both you work think, through the you field. You think about Alonso even Driver when you're not every day. Yeah, when yeah, you're not even thinking yeah. about F1, well, but, you think about Alonso. Well, his his pace on Sunday was fucking brilliant. In that he, like, in he, his second stint, it was his mm, first stint. Yeah. wasn't doing an awful lot, but as soon as he changed onto those tires, yeah. he, it was like old Alonso again. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think he looked like old Alonso in practice as well, and he was so upset with himself about qualifying. Um, I do. I think that was the turning point for Alonso. I think. Uh, I think Ocon might have his hands full from here on in. Well, I mean, Ocon's done all right so far. But we will talk about Alpine when we get there. Should we start at the back and work forwards? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is the way. And the usual has backwards. Although it wasn't this week. I don't think he had a spin, did he? I don't think so. Sixty seconds behind Michael, Mick Schumacher, though, wasn't he? Five lapped of, by George Russell. Five yeah. of that was penalty for the blue flag debacle. Mm, still 55 seconds. It, it is a bit. It is a little <laughs> bit behind the teammate. I'm no Carol Vorderman, but uh, <laughs> I'm still sure that that's a lot. It's, not, it's only, a bit. not only that, but one Williams lapped one of the Hasses, and the one of the other Hass passed the other Williams on track. Yeah. yeah. That's a bad. That's bad for Williams. I think more than Haas. You know, mm. we 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 know Haas are going to struggle, but I think Williams have been a proper letdown this year. The pro- the problem is, we might as well do Williams and Haas at the same time. They yeah. are they are binary teams. It would it would appear that each have got a crap car, uh-huh. uh huh, one good driver, mm-hmm. and and a rich boy and a rich kid. <coughs> I would argue it's still to be debated whether Haas have got a good driver. They've got one that's slightly better than the other at the minute. Okay, they've got yeah. an F, they've got an F two champion and a rich kid. You can't deny that one. But but this is the thing, though. I mean, I'm still confused with Mazepin as far as why, why he's struggling so much in Formula One because mm. like he was 
he was a good F2 driver. And I know, like, just being good in F2, as well, like the, the Stoffel Van Dorn experiment uh, shows us, doesn't make my new, a Formula my new One prog, driver. My new prog band, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But, um I I don't I don't get how he's struggling so much. But the other other thing I do think is if you look at everybody that's come into Formula One or changed teams, everybody's struggling. Yeah, it does you seem know, to be a pattern this year. Yeah, and I think it's the lack of testing going in. I think it's the lack of uh the lack of testing on track before before the season starts and the lack of sim work that could be done when the um when there was forced factory shutdowns as well, I, oh. do, I do think this is like COVID related. Well, you know, almost. you know that you know the Haas sims are PS3, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I think as well. When... You, yeah, you, I do think it's an issue though, like this lack of testing. I seem to recall when Mazepin first did F3, or it might have even still been GP3 at that point. I don't think he was initially a front runner straight away. I think it did take him a bit of time. He seemed to settle into F2 quite quickly, but he took a little bit longer in GP3. So it it might still be the learning curve for him. I mean, don't, don't forget yeah. as well, he's, he's had experience in F1 cars because he's, do, he's done a few um, he's done a few FP1s and post-season tests and mid-season yeah. tests for uh, Force India as was. See, I still believe that Mick Schumacher has got the um, has got the wind in his direction, given his surname to to a certain point to get to Formula One. Um, and you see, up to this point, I'd have I'd have stuck Tenet on Mazepin being the better driver out of the two of those, and I'm I'm still not convinced that's not how it's going to shake out in the end. But it's just weird how he's got how he's so far off the pace. I, th- I think he. I think he's hit, he hit his peak with F two. No, I I, this, it, it's too much. It's because I mean, like you look at. I think you could argue that with uh, Latifi, for instance, mm. um, when he up against George Russell. But even then, I, I don't. Mick Schumacher isn't George Russell. Like he's he he's. I don't believe Mick Schumacher's like that caliber of driver. Oh, he's, he's not. He's, do, he's not the second coming of his dad, definitely. No, and nor do I think he will ever be that that type of driver. So even if you take a a rough F two driver and stick him in a team, I don't understand how Mazepin is fifty seconds behind. You know, it's 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 too far. That these are. Right, regardless of regardless of whether you like the like the guy or not, these are professional racing drivers that have de- dedicated their lives to this to the point where, essentially, like the even from the top of the grid to the back of the grid, if if you if you were to stick them all in the same car, they'd probably be lapping within a second and a half of each other most of the time. You know, they're it's incredibly small margins in Formula One. And this is this is too big. Fifty five seconds is too big to be driver related. If you know what I mean, it's driver no, plus something. Yeah, it, it, driver plus something maybe, but it's not too yeah. big to be driver related. I th- I think it's too it's too big for when you look when you've got two drivers which were so similar in F two. I think it's too big just to be a dri- just to be oh Mazepin's crap now. I I think it's too big for that. I could be totally wrong, but it just doesn't. It, it, it I, there's something that he's not getting to grips with, either in that team or whether it's 
it's it's a like a Sebastian Vettel thing with the Ferrari where as soon as he or, or with Formula One for Sebastian Vettel where as soon as he lost that back end stability, he sort of evaporated. Um, it could be something like that. But again, I, I don't I don't expect. Like, I think he's better than Stroll. Mazepin is a better driver than Lance Stroll. So I, I don't expect him to be like this forever. As much as uh, that prick from WTF1 would like him to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just... I, I, I think he's just... I remember, I remember Statman saying this um, ages ago, a good a couple of years at least. You get drivers who are rapid as hell in other series and they just get to the one that's too quick for them and yep. they don't show through in that. And I th- I think um, Mazepin, uh, his limit is F2 and I think F1 is just one step too far for him. Again, it, I think it's too big a gap. Again, it's like... Because uh, I think that's what happened with Stoffel Van Dorn. You know, it's, Formula One is fucking hard right you know it's he did have an extra pit stop so that ex- that takes off another 25 seconds of it right oh fair enough i didn't realize he pitted uh yeah he had an extra stop it's showing us four stops so that obviously means two because yeah, they did through two, the pit lane twice two of the stops were through the pit lane yeah i don't like so that's well, that's that's 26 seconds mm, five seconds i don't know we'll see five seconds th- five I... seconds for a penalty uh, so you're looking. I, th- at, I think you want thir- him to be shit. You're looking at. Thir- well, no, I'm, I'm cutting the amount of time down that he was behind. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. But I think you're you're cutting it down to say, oh, well, it can be driver related because it's short. But I think secretly you want him to do badly. Whereas I'm not. I I don't really want him to do well. I just want him to do as well as he should do. And I I think he's I think he's got more in him than that. I don't think there's any secret to it, though, if he's... Oh, echoey. Mm. <laughs> Chris, you distant. Were well, you in a different room talking about that? No, it was my cable's come slightly unplugged. I should be back then. Yes. But yeah, I don't think there's any secret to it. If he's done an extra pit stop, then... And taking into account the time penalty, so that's 20 seconds, given that he had some issues with flags. Seems a perfectly reasonable margin for someone that who's just not had as good a day as his teammate. Yeah. That was the worst thing he did all race, that under the blue flags. That was really bad. I think the team took the blame for it, did they not, as well? They said they hadn't told him that he was yeah, getting no, the blue. I mean, no, no he doubt. should be Look noticing. He should be noticing as well. But, yeah, if, if you get a couple of blue flags, you would think maybe the race engineer would be like, mate, move, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. Ah, well... Yeah, um, Williams then. Uh, the car on on Saturday wasn't the car and driver on Sunday, according to according to George Russell. Um, the car just dropped off as soon as they got within um, within a second of anyone, and it was undrivable. Yeah, he said it was one of the worst driving experiences he's had mm. in Formula One since driving for Williams in 2019. Oh, <laughs> no, that's a rigging endorsement, isn't it? Jesus. I mean, start. Starting in eleventh and finish, mm. you know, finishing sixteenth. Yes, it would have been sixteenth. Yeah, yeah, I think it was sixteenth. George, George finished, and Latifi was eighteenth. Um, as I say, we, we, we did see a little bit of a battle there, didn't we? We didn't really get to speak about Mick Schumacher an awful lot then, but Mick Schumacher and Latifi having an on-track battle, and I think we we didn't actually see the final part of that battle where Mick 
got past Latifi and stayed ahead of him. I think we saw a replay and I think Latifi locked up and ran wide and Schumacher just kind of cruised past and off he went. Well, right, okay. I must have missed that. That must have been... I must have been sneezing or something. <laughs> <laughs> sneezing, yeah. you miss it. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, poor result for Williams. I think maybe their race car, their Sunday car is not as good as their Saturday car, even obviously, you know, it's the same thing. Um, single lap pace is good. Race pace is, is poor. Yeah, and um, it all basically comes down to the aero issues that's been plaguing the team for the last two years. Yeah, but again, having said that, you know, we saw... This cable has been eaten. The cable's gone. Please send your Patreon donations. (laughs) It's still there. Uh, You sound like you're You're in... You are far away. You're in the bathroom. Everything's fine here this end. Nothing's wrong at all. Oh, it is not good at this end. It's not sounding great here. You sound like you're uh, you're in an echo chamber. Right, you're back with us now, Chris. Yeah, I was just saying George yeah. had a good posi- uh, was in a good position in Imola, so maybe it's not you know a racing. Maybe it's like I was saying earlier, it's more a circuit dependent thing, and this one just didn't suit Williams at all. Yeah, I mean, the, if the car's aero sensitive and it was that windy, that's probably had some um, some effects. I mean, did you see the way that everyone was getting blown all over the track on Saturday in mm-hmm. qualifying and uh, FP3? I, mean, one of... uh, I saw Saturday, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, we'll get we'll get to it later. But um, Max's qualifying lap that he lost in Q three that would have got Pearl. Um, he was he was blown wide. You could actually see him fighting with the car. So I wonder if I wonder if the Williams issues are uh, related to that, just the the lack of aero power and um, the wind in the wrong direction. Maybe. I think they did say as well towards the end of the race it was starting to pick up with wind. I think a couple of drivers had a bit of a bit of a whinge about it, which would explain possibly Latifi losing it a little bit to let Schumacher past. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I did. I did see uh, there was there was one part and I can't remember which drivers it was. The, um, they were running into a headwind on the main straight, and it more or less nullified DRS. Jesus, that's windy. Mm. Um, right, Alfa Romeo next. This should be a quick one for Kimmy. He looked down at his dashboard. Ah. Is that what he did? Yes. He <laughs> forgot to change a setting on the last corner of the first lap. And then changed it once he got onto the straight. <laughs> looked up and didn't realise that he was closing in on Giovinazzi that quick. He couldn't do anything but hit him. I mean, come on, Kimmy. How many opening laps have you done? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, several hundred. Yeah, should 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 possibly know better. <laughs> More than anyone else, I'm going to say. <laughs> so yeah, that uh, that buggered his race on lap two, and um, Giovinazzi twelfth. I don't know why I expected more out of Alpha this weekend. Just for some reason, yeah. I, I thought they were going to run well. It wasn't a bad performance, I guess, by Giovinazzi, but totally anonymous. Mm. Yeah, I think aside from getting rear-ended by Raikkonen, I don't actually remember seeing much of him. I mean, it was that anonymous. He comes second place in the Giovinazzi Participation Award. My personal winner for that does come later. Uh, both Alfa Romeo and um, 
what are they called, AlphaTauri, appear to be the teams that do a really good good job at over-promising and under-delivering. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think they... Yeah, hard to argue with that. Yeah, they, they <laughs> definitely showed that this weekend. Yeah, as I say, not but really... I'm just saying that, though. Sorry, go on, Flood. I was going to say, not really much to say about Alfa Romeo, is there, really? Because we didn't see Giovinazzi. Michael yeah. mm. was out at the end of lap one. Yeah. I'm going to wild stab in the dark. If Giovinazzi finished 12th, I think if Kimi had finished the race, he might have scratched himself into 10th. Yeah, I could see that. Because he looked like he was about to pass Giovinazzi if he hadn't, you know, yeah. gone into him. Yeah, and he he knows where to pass on that circuit, as he proved last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you always fancy that Kimi being a couple of places up the road from him, so... Yeah, all, all things yeah, being I equal, think, you'd I think. think. Kimi had a chance for points. Yeah. Mm. Uh, right, Aston Martin next. Um, another team off the pace this weekend, big style. Well, Vettel did well in qualifying. Yeah, so, and so, then somehow yeah. they just found each other during so, the race. So, so did George Russell. <laughs> Yeah. And that's yeah. and that's the issue. Um yeah. I mean so 13th I, I and fourteenth. I think Vettel had a good race. I know it's thirteen and fourteenth and that isn't great, but I think that's where the car was. I mean that... I think all all in all, when you consider that he didn't get the upgrades, Stroll got them. This is the thing, I, I think it... this is the best. Because mm. they reckon those stroll upgrades this... are worth like half a second a lap or something crazy like yeah. that, don't they? Yeah, I think this is the best race we've seen from Sebastian Vettel um, for over a season, like over last year even. But he, I, and he didn't get the result for, for it, but I think he drove well. And I think this is, again, this could be a turning point for him. I mean, what was Especially that? Especially if he gets that. If, it was his first Q3 and God knows how long. Jesus. Yeah, Britain oh, last yeah, year. Silverstone last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, uh, I think, just to counter out what you said there, Lee, just one race I can think of that he did really well in was the Turkish Grand Prix last year when the conditions oh, yeah. were really bad. Did he not just miss out on a podium? He got a podium. Yeah, yeah, the podium. So, it was the one race last year I didn't watch live. I was at work and I remember the sort of like the breaking news flash coming through at work and being like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, Vettel was on the podium. Yeah, was it, was it, he, yeah, he snatched it on the last corner. Yeah, Leclerc yeah. did something over ambitious and took himself out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I so. think that was probably Vettel's last good performance. But yeah, uh, things are looking a bit brighter maybe for him. Um, but for the Aston Martin, if he gets a half a second then, stuck on him, yeah, for them to be lined yeah, up thirteenth and fourteenth, that's be. not where they want to be, is it? No. No, I mean that's that's not the reason why Lawrence Stroll's doing this. And um, yeah, they, they just don't seem to have last year's car under them, whereas some other teams do. They seem to be spending far too much time whinging about how the regulation changes have affected them and them alone, rather than actually fixing the car. I think possibly. But I saw a I saw a great meme which was that you know the drive to survive where well, Mar Safnauer says, Well our competitors just didn't do a good enough job and then <laughs> <laughs> You know that there, they did there this that, year. Yeah, that's it exactly. You know, you can't say that last year and then not stand by that comment when it doesn't <laughs> go your way the following year. 
Yeah. Can I point point everybody's recollection back to um, Lance Stroll and his and Pappy Stroll getting involved with Williams? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that being like one of the things that seemed to like start cascading like problems from the sky on Williams. And I, I do wonder whether like we, we Stroll's not a stupid guy and it's all of a sudden like that your your team has gone from being underfunded, which is obviously awful for a Formula One team. But there's almost more stability in being underfunded than being funded by somebody that could essentially just pull the plug on you any second if he decides that this isn't a worthwhile investment anymore. Yeah, I do think he's in it for the long term. But at the same I time... I hope so. Yeah, at the same time, I know what you mean. It's you know, If Lawrence takes his ball and goes and plays elsewhere, mm-hmm. uh, the team yeah. hasn't got anything to fall back on, really. Even more than that, like, I mean, me and you, uh, Flood, we both work in trades and we've both been on um, on jobs where you will have a foreman that comes in or a customer that starts taking charge of a job that yeah. has absolutely no idea what they're doing, but they have the capital and the standing to take control of a situation. And if, if that's happening at Aston Martin... I think there might be issues. I'd just like to throw it, throw this one in there that I, I was a freelance IT contractor for um, nine years, and by fuck, that happens a lot in that game as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, we're ready for you guys now. Wait a second. Where's the, where's the thing that I would actually attach the thing to? Well, that's not here yet. But you can do your job. No, I can't. <laughs> this also sounds suspiciously like the Honda McLaren relationship. Yeah, I yeah, want, a little bit, yeah. yeah. I want this website to be blue. Right, can you tell me what goes on it? Yes, blue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what what was colour it? writing do you want? Blue. Did you not have one website once, which was, I want schools, so you included schools. Not those schools, different schools. Um, yeah, also the one with, um, I want it I want it cheap to print, so I want it in, uh, I only want it in black and white, but can you make it full colour? What? <laughs> that That's makes sense. One, yeah. that, was, that was from the same one as the schools. Uh-huh, right. A graphic designer friend of mine had the, um, designed a logo for a local company, and when they came back to him, he said, they said, that's fantastic. I really like the font, uh, but can you change it and make it bolder? I like it, just not enough to actually want to go with it. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Can you make it stand yeah. out, but don't make it bold? Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we change it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough of, um, enough of clients and team, teammates from hell. Um, does Vettel have one or does Stroll have one? <laughs> I think eventually Stroll's going to have a teammate from hell. Um, but, uh, yeah. It's going to be difficult as the season goes on if uh, if that gap between you know Vettel and Stroll grows to the point where Vettel is two, three seconds down the road from, from Lance Stroll over a oh, we- single racing lap, then it, it could get quite awkward in the Martin. Uh, yeah, I think um, I still think Helmut Marco had it right with uh, should have taken a year off. 
Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, did he have the option? That's the thing. I did, did he have I, the option to take a year off? The other issue is, yeah, if you take the year off, someone else is in that car this year, and if they do a half-decent job, yeah. do you definitely come back? Yeah. Uh, what would Hulk be doing in that car if... Vettel had taken the year off because I think we can, last year we, pretty well. Yeah, because I think we can assume that's who would have yeah. been in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. it, it's the fact as well. He needed to he needed to be in Formula One this year, and like he's he's obviously not doing it yet. But there's there's time. But he needed to be in Formula One to rebuild his reputation. So I don't I don't. It's not like let's say um, let's let's say Lewis Hamilton decided to have a have a sabbatical. You know, he's a multiple time world champion that's still on top of his game. He could have a sabbatical and come back to Formula One and almost have his pick of teams. I think. Whereas Vettel probably could have done that before he moved to Ferrari. <laughs> maybe maybe his second year at Ferrari, he might have still been able to do it, but not now. I don't think he's. I don't think he's quite got the reputation. No, I think I think last season at Ferrari, so it's just it's just ruined him. We could we could be seeing a gradual rebuild through the course of the season, and by by the time we get to sort of the back end, round about Japan, US. Mexico should those three races I hope happen. So. We, you know, we could we could see the old rebuilt Vettel back. It's not something he can just sort of flick a switch and we're getting you know we're getting Red Bull Vettel all over again or early Ferrari Vettel. Mm. Well, that's that's what I've sort of said all along about it, isn't it? I just don't believe that all of a sudden one day Sebastian Vettel woke up and couldn't drive a Formula One car anymore. I don't believe that you go from winning four world championships to what he was in Ferrari, regardless of how good the um, the Red Bull was. You know, because he still had a couple of good years in Ferrari where, you know, he was fighting Lewis, albeit with machinery that wasn't quite up to the task. But but he was there or thereabouts with him. Whereas, you know, like last year, he was there or thereabouts with fucking nobody. He was, he was, he was giving the Alfa Tories a bit of a battle. He had quite a few on-track battles with George um, George Russell. Yeah, yeah. Which possibly is yeah. not where he wants to be. I mean, you're saying these like arguments, but I'm, <laughs> I feel like the, the, there, there, was a, there was a hint, point. an undercurrent of sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> While we're on the subject of cars that Vettel's as fast as, Alfa Tori, um, 10th place for Gasly. Um, one of his usual get-your-head-down-and-get-on-with-it ones. Yeah, he stole a point from Sainz, didn't he? Mm. Just in the, was it the final lap or the second to last lap? Um, very late on, he stole uh, that final that final point away from Carlos Sainz. Um, yeah, what was the uh, what was the gap between them in the end? Um, it was two and a half, two and a half seconds. Yeah, Sainz's tires were bollocksed. The, yeah, he yeah. was the first to pit, though, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. Pretty much, I think Leclerc might have been, but I think maybe they did they put signs on mediums or something silly like that. Um, let's have a look. Science was on. I feel like we're actually accidentally mediums. talking yeah, about Ferrari. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, we are indeed. Al- Alpha Yeah, Gasly. Um, fairly long stint on the softs at the f- at first, and then forty two laps on the mediums, which were holding out well towards the end. And yeah, just just generally got on with it. Where did he qualify? Ninth, I think. I think it, I think it was yeah ahead of Vettel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he's taken up the mantle of um, being in the Red Bull Junior team car, just getting on with it and finishing in the top ten. It, he's the new science. 
Um, fully fully repaired after uh, after being broken by Red Bull. And yeah. the worry now is Ocon's doing all right. Is he going to have to stay with AlphaTauri because the Alpine Alpine Renault whatever seat might not be available to him if they want a French driver? Oh, we'll see. You know, you're going to have these things play out. Sometimes deals are done before, you know, before things are, are seen. If you know what I mean. Mm. <laughs> Although F1 contracts aren't worth the paper they're written on. Yeah, I, I think you're probably better off asking Fernando Alonso who's going to be his teammate next year <laughs> rather than who's doing better. <laughs> and then we come to the enigma that is Sonoda. Um, Mr. Track Limits. Uh, he, he's, not, he's not an enigma. I think he's just, he's, he's a guy with a bit of talent, mm-hmm. which might be all right, that had his first good race, as we've seen lots of Formula 1 drivers do. It's really weird how lots of guys seem to be able to have like their good like debut and he's had a few problems since then oh, i'm gonna just, put this overhype yeah, yeah it's a little bit that but yeah I'm but if, put you, this down to, if you look yeah, at you know, if, sorry, i was gonna go say on. if you look at if you look at drivers who um debuted in the um fianza team or scored points on their debut in the fianza team mark weber and fernando alonso it's not yeah, bad. Um, it's a very different, it's a very different <laughs> team now. No, no, no. But like, even performance-wise, it's a very different mm. part. You know, if if you look at um, like Fernando Alonso scored, uh, and Mark Webber scored points on their debut. That was Minardi, and it was when it was top six for points. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. there's a slight issue there, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just think he's, he's been, he's just been overhyped a little bit. That's all. And he, but, he dug it wrong. He still might be the second coming. He, but he is looking very much like um, standard Japanese F1 driver right now. Yeah, I think I want to put this down to extremely quick. Yeah, I want to put this down to. You know when drivers have their first accidents, some drivers like absolutely fly until they have their first accident, and then it takes them a little while to build that speed back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw it with Verstappen. Uh, we saw it with um, well, numerous drivers over the years who, you know, they've come in, they've been really quick, they have an accident, much like Tsunoda did in Imola at qualifying, and all of a sudden it's a bit like, oh, hang on, maybe this isn't as easy as I thought it was. Uh, and then they, it takes them a little while to just build that speed back up with a little bit of extra maturity as well. Mm. And I think that's probably the case with Sonoda, given that he um, sort of rattled through the single seaters so quickly to get to Formula One. And it's probably shaken him a little bit and how easy it is to make a mistake that um, essentially ruins your whole weekend. Mm. He seems to be making a load where track limits are concerned. Yes. He yeah, he likes that, he yeah. likes stretching the uh, the limits of the track, I think. But... Yeah, like you say, it, it has been a very rapid rise to F1 for him. He was, what was he, Japanese F4 in 2018? Yeah. So it is, he's still, he is still learning. And I would rather sort of the mistakey but trying Sonoda than sort of Latifi pootling around at the back, not really doing much. Yeah. I mean, don't I forget, he's, he's, got the, um, he's got the added pressure of being on the Red Bull programme. This is true. <laughs> Yeah, not only the Red Bull programme, but I suppose it does help him a little bit considering that Honda are going to stay working with Red Bull on the engine now, aren't they? So there is mm. a Honda element going to still be about. Although, um, although rumour rumor of the weekend said uh, there's a chance it might be badged VW from next oh. season. Oh, fucking hell. I missed that one. My dear, I suppose at least it's not a watchmaker. <laughs> um, 
But do you not remember this happening or a with... Or skate factory. Yeah. Yeah, do you not remember this happening with... Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Japanese, last Japanese driver we had. Kobayashi? Yeah. Yeah, he had, he, he had a couple of good races and people started going fucking mental over him. And I remember at the time thinking, he reminds me a little bit of Takuma Sato. I don't understand what everyone's getting excited about. And in the same respect... I, I look at Sonoda and think, he reminds me a little bit of Kobayashi. I don't know what everyone's getting excited about. <laughs> Kobayashi was... He was entertaining yeah. to watch. Yeah. Spectacular <laughs> at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It appears to be a Japanese driver trait, doesn't it? Uh, spectacular, but inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. Crashy as well. You yes. Know, the... Even even uh, even Takuma Sato, you know, on his day, especially on qualifying, was fast. Yeah, it's still early days for Sunoda, but it's not Ab- absolutely quite in that box yet. But I mean, yeah, there is that danger that he could very quickly fall into that category. Yeah, it could it could either be you know his debut season could could be the making or the breaking of him. Yeah, well, actually, it's with Red Bull. It has to be the making or the breaking of him because that's that's the way they work. <laughs> I, I don't know if they're going to be quite like that though, because they've run they've run out of drivers. They've to, got uh, to a, they've, burn through. They've got three in F two this year. Oh, have they? Oh, yeah, right. they've got yeah, Vips. They've got Vips. Yeah. They've got Lawson, and they've got Jane Deruvela, all of whom are in right. all rightish cars. So that the next ones are nearly ready. Well. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. So, Lawson, Lawson yeah, is the best I mean, of those three. They have said that they're willing to give Sonoda time, though, haven't they? But the, pretty you know, sure they said that about Alban about this time last yeah, year. Yeah, everything's everything's relative, isn't it? Everything's like I I don't think uh, I don't think Red Bull's like perception of time is the same as mine. <laughs> well, no, they tell the time on tag, tag watches, and we can't afford them, so we don't know what their perception of time is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, Ferrari next. Leclerc in sixth, and Sainz in eleventh. And Sainz gets my Giovinazzi participation award because okay. just because of the absolute Ferrariing with the tyres. Well, they gambled a bit, didn't they? they and and the, and they lost. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they gambled. They, they brought him in early. I think they, they put Sainz onto mediums and then Leclerc a couple of laps later onto hards. So it was you know, they were splitting the strategy that could have worked brilliantly for one and not for the other. And that's kind of what happened. It's just it was Sainz that mm. fell out. And, you know, he was running, I think, seventh. I think he was behind Leclerc, actually. When his tyres started going, everybody just sailed past him. Not a lot he could have done. Uh, it was a team thing, I think, more than anything. Um, but Leclerc, yeah, you know, that for the Ferrari this year seems to be it's it's all right, it's okay. Yeah, because I think signs signs yeah. at the start looked rapid, didn't he? Because he got um, he got past Perez prior to if the he, safety car. Yeah, he was fourth, wasn't he? Yeah. Do you think signs got Ferrari? Because you know they they, they apologised to signs for giving him the. Uh, for fucking his strategy up and putting him on the wrong tyre. To which his reply was, according to Ted's notebook, no, guys, I'm sorry, we all should have done better, including me. Who did get pitted yeah. first? I thought it was Leclerc. Um, Hang on, let's have a look at pit stops. It was... 
It was science. Was it? Yep, oh, they put, okay. him, put him on medium. See, that with... seems an odd way to do it, to put a yep. driver on a softer compound ahead of the yeah. driver going onto the harder compound. That seems like a slightly... It seems like a very Ferrari way to do things. It seems like a very good way to get Leclerc in front of him. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like they don't have previous... No. <laughs> ...said tactic. But there's no number, so, one, yeah, there's no I'm, number I'm, one driver. There's no number one driver in that team. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm inter- I'll be interested to see how long... Uh, uh, how long science keeps this? Oh, I'm sorry. We we lose together. If if Ferrari end up losing it for him a few more times, he might suddenly mm. decide. Oh, hang on a second. I seem to be winning, and you seem to be losing. Because <laughs> he he looked he looked faster than Leclerc all weekend. Like he really looked looked like he mm. got on top of Leclerc this weekend. He did. He looked and good. Made Leclerc look as average as I think he is. Yeah, he made look. You know, Leclerc did uh, pretty well, and science did really well. Up to the race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an- another weekend where Ferrari managed to effectively binary it. Yeah, but through nothing but their own strategy. As I say, they split the strategy thinking it was, uh, you know, one of their drivers was clearly going to win out and the other one wasn't. And it just so happened mm-hmm. that Leclerc was the one that won out and got a fairly decent finish and um, Sainz didn't. Yeah, I mean, if they'd have put both drivers on hards, it would, you know, would have been talking about a completely different result. Yeah. You know, a, Fer- a Ferrari double points finish, which was unthinkable this time last year. Mm. Yeah. At this stage mm. of the season last year. Uh, right, Alpine. Ocon 7th and Alonso 8th. Comeback drive for Alonso, the second stint, mm-hmm. after the pit stop. He was... Nothing. He was nothing to write home about until the pit stop. No, he was. But after that, it was fantastic watching him fight his way back to to points. Because yeah, he just he just couldn't get the mediums working. I think he was down in about about thirteenth at one point, and it was like, oh god, is he making up the numbers again? Mm. And every everything just everything just came good. It, you know. I've had I've had my doubts about Alonso coming back, but it's good to it's good to see him chasing drivers down and passing them, and actually showing that he can still be rapid because it is it has been a long time since we've seen that, and that was down to the Maconda. He's had a bit of bad luck yeah, as well. I, I, he had he had a retirement that seemed to sort of come from nowhere as well. So I think he he it has was, been. It was, it was somebody. It was somebody's sandwich. It was the sandwich, wasn't it? I'd forgotten <laughs> about the sandwich. Good lord! But yeah, it was. Yeah. I think he's been he's been waiting for this one. I think. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think he looked good. I, th- I think he looked good in the first race until, like you say, until that that issue. I don't see the thing is, I I still don't. I think it's different with Alonso than other comebacks. Usually, when people do comebacks, they've not been doing anything, but he has still been driving to a pretty top top level everywhere else he's been. So, I I still think it's Alpine's problem to get sorted, and as soon as Alpine can get their problem sorted, Fernando Alonso will drive that car half a second quicker than it can go. I mean, we know, we know the car's quick enough to finish seventh. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what Ocon did. Now, Ocon started well, think... quite a bit higher up the grid than Alonso, in fairness to Alonso. He, he, they both ended up next to each other on the track, but was Ocon sixth on the grid? And yeah. Alonso was quite uh, a bit Alonso was back. much faster than him as well. If you look at, if you look at relative lap times, he was much, much quicker than him through the race. 
Yes, Ocon started sixth and Alonso started 13th. It's a big gap for two uh, cars to end up next to each other. And Fernando was also, like, until he fucked his qualifying, uh, he was looking, like, good to hassle Norris for his position. That's where Alonso, like, pace-wise to me, looked like he should have been up, like, giving Alonso a bit of a... uh, giving uh, Lando a bit of a hard time. Well, but uh, thirteenth in Q one, thirteenth in Q two. Yeah, I mean, I mean, on the lead up, on the on the in lead practice. up to it, oh. he looked, he looked, yeah, yeah, he looked really good. And it, like I say, it was his. Um, he's put qualifying down to his errors, not you know, not what that the car shouldn't have been there. Just, just looking at his performance through the weekend. Yeah, I mean, Friday afternoon. Um, yeah, I mean, they he, were he, looking pretty strong, Alpine, yeah. all weekend. Yeah, yeah, for the fifth, fifth and sixth. I think the, the cars definitely got cars definitely got it in it, and it's it's going to be a question of development and how much they're going to yeah. put into this year's car. Do you think it's like a, there's a, a just a narrow operating window for it? Do you think that's where they are? They've they've got found themselves with a car with a narrow operating window that they've got to try and work their heads around. Could be. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's um, they, they said they'd made some changes that you wouldn't necessarily see on the car for this season. And I just wonder if that's to um, to correct the stability issues that seemed to be cropping up a little bit last year. Maybe. I don't know, Danny Rick was complaining at times that um, the car wasn't massively stable all the time. So I, I, just, I just wonder if... Um, that's what's been done. We need, we need scarves to explain what their flaws like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, what we, what we got next? McLaren. Um, Danny with a recovery drive in ninth and Lando in fifth. I think at the moment, McLaren are definitely the be- uh, the third best team on the grid. Mm, good drives from both of them, I think. Lando yeah. to obviously be the, the best of the rest and Ricardo after a pretty shoddy qualifying to, to get in the points was, was a good day. I mean, what yeah. the, what the hell went wrong with uh, qualifying for Danny? It was just woeful. I was amazed to find out there was nothing wrong with his car. Mm. Was that the wind? I think it was. I think it was a mix of wind and track evolution. So him and Stroll were pretty much the first two to get checkered flagged in Q one, and everyone oh, yeah. else went quicker okay. afterwards. So I think they were just on the wrong bit of the track. Track evolution. Yeah. Rapid track evolution. It I mean, happens. It do. Yeah, it it's, it never never ceases to amaze me how in less than a minute and a half the track can change condition mm-hmm. that much. Yeah, it's crackers. But I mean, it proved that um, proved that the McLaren's racy. It's it's quick. Um, you know, the, they have got two quick drivers. And what was it? Lando getting second second fastest in Q one. That was yeah, I think yeah. it was yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you think he's got a surprise pole in him this year somewhere? Could have. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I, yeah, it, when conditions are a bit damp, I think you know mm. there's a little bit of a level. I mean, we, it's difficult to say because we know how good Verstappen and Hamilton are in wet mm. conditions. But I mean, it does look like Lando's got that extra, you know, just just that extra special something that. He's not quite got all of the pieces in place just yet, but 
if he gets all all his ducks lined up in a row, he could put something special out there. He's uh, he's definitely one to to he's a slow builder, should we say? I saw something today. I think it was something like eight points after his first three races in his first season. Uh, 21 points or something very similar after his first three races last year. And he's already on like 38 points this season. So, you know, he is building, he is, you know, yes, that's the car getting better as well, but he is building, he is quite keen to make sure Danny Rick doesn't get, you know, too much of a, of a leapfrog on him. And uh, I think he's doing a really good job. It feels like a coming of age year, doesn't it? Mm. And he was so young when he came in as well. I mean, he was, what, 17 when he did the first McLaren test in Hungary, and we are all like, who the hell's this kid? Yeah. Cool name, though. Yeah. Remember, I can't, I, <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what year it was, but um, it was a BAR year, wasn't it, when when BAR made, like, a pretty good car. I think was was Button second in the championship in it. I think, I think he, he beat Barrichello. At the, at the end of the year, early early mid noughties ish. Yeah, yeah, I I remember that because that was the same year. I, I can't remember whether he won. I don't think he won that year, but he got pole in Hungary, I think. But he he didn't convert it. He just got a podium in the end. Uh, but I remember that year being like one of those years where you go, oh right, okay, maybe buttons a championship if he gets a car capable of like com- like challenging for it. Yeah. This this is what this year feels like for me for Lando. It's like, oh right, he he could be a world champion. Yeah, there's, there could be something very special there. Yeah, I think there's. I think there is a chance. Top five. When do you remember a time in Formula One as far like as far as as for like for British like motorsport fans where you've got two drivers. That have the potential of George Russell and Lando Norris. I can't as it, since I've watched Formula One. I can't remember it. I don't, I don't think because there's always been like when I started watching Formula One, there was Damon Hill, who was capable, and then there was the other British drivers. I mean, oh eight, oh eight, oh nine, British champions back to back. Yeah, I suppose Button. Yeah, Button and um, Hamilton. But the the only difference with that would be, I'd say, they had. They were um, like kind of proven, weren't they, at that point? Mm. But I suppose, I, yeah, I suppose Button, but a Button came in sort of at one point as well, and then Hamilton came in, so that they were there at the same time. But does does something feel special about Lando and George to me? Yeah, I mean, I'm, th- I'm thinking, I'm thinking back, and I mean, the year that there were seven British drivers, and it was Damon Hill and six others. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, seven I, I, British drivers. Yeah, uh, there was one one year in the nineties. I think it was. Um, I think I think it was ninety six. Um, okay, so I was to say, are we naming Coulthard? the British drivers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the magnificent seven. Hill Coulthard. Yep. Herbert. Herbert would have been would have been driving. Hang on a sec. Hang on a second, Lee. I I'm calling you wrong on that one. Mm. I, was Furman that in? No, 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 not that. No, early. he was uh, he was later. Yeah, he was ninety eight, ninety nine, I think, uh, Ralph Furman. And it might not so it might not have been ninety six. Let me just let me just get the <laughs> it might have been ninety five that I'm looking Since for. Half, so it was Brundle still in there. Coulthard, Herbert, Irvine. Um, oh Blundell. Was, Blundell, was that the, uh, Brundle uh, uh, and Warwick Mansell. 
Oh yeah, Mansell was in '95. Actually, yeah, good yes. point. Yeah, yeah it was Re- revolving, revolving seats at McLaren. Yeah, Her- <laughs> Herbert Hill, Coulthard, Blundell, Mansell, Irvine, and Brundle. Oh, there we go. The, magnif- yeah. the Magnificent Seven, or Damon and Six Others. Imagine yes. the Germans were like that a few years ago, weren't they? When they had Vettel and then about four mm. or five others. Mm. One yeah, of whom Vettel, was Nick Heidfeld. Rosberg, Heidfeld, Suttel, I think as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously a knock-on from um, world champions, isn't it? You know, yeah. where after after Alonso, you had some Spanish drivers coming through, as well mm-hmm. as having two Spanish uh, Grand Prix. Schumacher's dominance brought Germans into the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, even even in when you think of British drivers now, there's a handful of British drivers outside of um, the guys that are in or have gone been in and fell off uh, that could make it into Formula One. You know, so uh, it's it's clearly a world champion thing. Yeah, I think I think um, I think it is. Although we're lacking, we're lacking in Finns again at the moment, aren't we? <laughs> um, I think there might be a few floating around in the lower form. I thought Yuri Vips was Finnish until is... I saw the flag <laughs> next to his uh... same same anthem. Estonia has the same anthem as the Finnish but one, but in a slightly well. different key. Is it a slightly different key? I don't know because we proved last week how good we are at anthems. This is very true. It's the it's same slightly, melody, it's slightly but different key. I think it is in a, it's in a different key, or they've got different words, but or the, there's yeah, yeah, they're definitely going to have different words because you're not going to get your average Estonian saying, you know, we love Finland. Probably not. No, but <laughs> I don't same, know how that's. They, I, I don't know how same if melody. That's, I don't know if that's how the Finnish national anthem goes, but it's one third of the Rosbergian cha- anthem. Have they changed the speed as well so they don't get copyright strikes on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> there is a there is a national anthem that's the same as the British national anthem, though, isn't there? Is it the it's Georgian? A- Luxembourg. Mm. I don't know. Wow. Luxembourg, is it? Yeah. Different words, same tune. Yeah. There was one America t- have an alternative version as well, don't they, which is the same melody as yeah. God Save the Queen. But there was, um, there was one um, World Cup or Euros qualifier where it was England versus Luxembourg. And they played it twice, and everyone got confused. No one, no one knew when to sing. They didn't know if it was theirs. Yeah, they learned it beforehand, though, don't they? Yeah, usually, and then the camera would pan onto the relevant team. Oh, this, this, this was the nineties. I don't think they were that flashy then. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, where, where where the hell were we? Um, Estonia. Estonia, not quite. No, well, you're <laughs> uh, Right then, Red Bull in that case, or Stuart, <laughs> if we're going back to the 90s. <laughs> they didn't enter until 96, I think. 97. The 97, was it? Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, they entered on the first race that ITV had. Right, okay. Um, anyway, Red Bull. As as they are known now, uh, Max in second and Checo in fourth. Yeah, Checo, driver of the day. Not sure. He did a perfectly sure adequate job. He he lost out to signs, got him back on the safety car restart, and just otherwise drove his own race. I think. Yeah, quali- qualified fourth, finished fourth. Yeah, did yeah. you know a decent return for um, you know Checo Perez. First race where he's really sort of shown a little bit 
Well, well first race where he hasn't made you know, a, a mistake or the cars let him down. Um, it'd be interesting to see what he can do when he gets a couple of races, you know, a bit of confidence to be able to push a bit harder. Yeah. Um, I mean, all right, he was six seconds behind Bottas, but you can't really say, you can't really call that six seconds because Bottas had the extra stop for the fastest lap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Max also had the extra stop for the fastest lap and thought he had it until, uh, until Park (laughs) Fermi. Until Paul DeResta told him during the podium interview, which was beautifully awkward. And in the words of Helmut Marco, they had they lost pole, a win, and fastest lap through track limits. Well, they have done, haven't they, so far this yeah. season? Yeah. Um, to which Statman tweeted, "Put a fence there, then they'd have had um, DNF, DNF, DNF." Yeah, correct. Yeah, <laughs> and, and a start from yeah, start from the pit lane, DNF. Yeah, and um, so, yeah, it's the old Martin Brundle thing, isn't it? He quite often says, "Well, if you don't want to argue about track limits, put a concrete wall there." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah everyone but, sticks to track limits in Monaco. Yeah, I think. Well, I think as Imola proved, but a damp grass that that keep you on the grey stuff. Very true. We could have a very crashy Monaco this year. Very crashy. We could, or we could have a bit of a procession. Uh, I, I, I would put large sums of money on Sonoda and um, uh, Mazepin not making the chequered flag, at least. It does seem a reasonable bet. I would put money on maybe, one of them. Maybe br- Mick as well. I would put money on one of them bringing out a red flag. Does anyone see the classic yes. Monaco stuff from last weekend? Ooh, some expensive looking crash there. Yeah, did the John Alacy crash in in Nicky Lauda's um, Ferrari? Mm. It wasn't his fault. To be fair, it was the guy who was trying to overtake him. It was his fault. But oh god, how gutted <laughs> would you be driving Nicky Lauda's championship winning Ferrari, only to to you know have to have to stop because the front wing's fallen off? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a bit. But I can't remember who the other guy driving the driving the Lotus was. I think it was uh, some Werner. Not particularly. Um, Timo Werner. I don't think it was Timo Werner. No, I don't know. Uh, wasn't he a footballer? Timo Werner does play for Chelsea. In that case, I'm, <laughs> I'm lost on. Which might explain why he's crashing. Yeah, but... yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, he basically rear-ended John Alacy coming onto the main straight, and Alacy had to just put the car into the barrier. He had no option. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's you know track limits is 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 an interesting one. Um, the the classic race from Monaco proved that smaller cars can overtake in Monaco. Yeah, they look tiny, don't they, compared to some of yeah. the... I saw one photo, which I'm not entirely convinced isn't slightly photoshopped, but it, it, the difference is ridiculous. It, it was really embarrassing for me because I couldn't remember his name, but Louis Delatraz's dad, who was a Formula One driver... Jean-Denis Delatraz? That rings Possibly. a bell. It's something hyphenated, uh, I think. But he drove uh, James Hunt's Hesketh, 73 Hesketh, and straight away from the start. Straight away from the start. Two people on the way into the first turn, and then passed somebody else. And then he passed somebody else on the way up the hill. So you know you can overtake at Monaco with smaller cars. Maybe maybe they should build a special Monaco car that's different regulations. Just just drive go karts. <laughs> <laughs> just don't go to Monaco anymore. 
There is that argument as well. Yeah. Well, no, you can, you can only drive go-karts if you wear spiky helmets and drive around in a shed full of balloons. Oh, Don't fucking hell, that was, a, that was a feature, <laughs> wasn't it? Jesus Christ. Yeah, Sky F1 are really scraping the bottom of the barrel with this now. Oh, mate, I'm, I, I had the same conversation with my dad. Anyone that's sick of Sky F1, right, fuck Sky off, get a VPN, and use F1 TV. It's a fucking breath of fresh air. There's just no fat. There's no fat. There's a little build-up that you watch. Then you watch a race, and then there's another little program after it which tells you about the race that happened. Uh, I'm not convinced by a couple of the pundits, but I tell you what, none of them have been to coffee shops since I've been watching, so I'll take it. Did I say that they had Kvyat as a, a post-race anal? A, what do you call it? Analyst. Uh, analyst. Analyst. There's the word I'm a, reaching for and not quite getting as a, to. As I said, Sean, I'm not convinced by some of the pundits. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I saw a picture of Danny Kvyat leaning on a curb, like, 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 like. Lying down, basically, on the circuit, trying to explain to another person like how the how it feels going over the bumps. I don't know if that was on F1 TV. It was. Because uh, <laughs> the, the one... Hate me like one of your French girls came to mind. The one that, yeah, a little bit. The one that we had on Sky was Martin Brundle and Rachel Brooks, where she was sat on the floor and he was explaining to her how little you could see. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't miss... But they weren't discussing it over coffee. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't miss... No, The only thing I miss is... I, I miss button stuff on it, and I miss uh, Rosberg. Rosberg was on the That's sky. That's all I miss from the sky. He was fantastic. Yeah. All yeah, in grey on one of the days. I, I have watched it since then. Although, it seemed a little frosty between him and Toto on Saturday. Yeah, they were a little bit snipey with each other, weren't they? But quite entertainingly so. Mm. Um, well, talking of which, that just leaves Mercedes. Well, no, we haven't really spoken about Max Verstappen. We haven't, we haven't talked really, about Max. have we? We haven't. No. no, I mean, Max was... He did a brilliant job to get off the start, and he took second at one point, didn't he? He took he did. Uh, Lewis Hamilton. So, uh, you know, we may as well try and speak about Max and maybe intertwine that with Lewis Hamilton as well as Mercedes. But uh, I just thought it was really... Quite, quite telling, sort of how the season's slowly starting to pack. We must get you new. That got guys. ahead. Uh, didn't quite have, didn't quite have the um, the, the pace to catch um, Bottas. Um, not quite sure why. Bottas seemed to be really quick in that final part of the lap, and then um, Hamilton obviously went past Verstappen and then overtook Bottas. I thought Verstappen. He just had the grit, even if he didn't quite have the pace, he definitely had the grit to keep the Mercedes honest, which was fantastic. They didn't, like we were saying last week, you know, Mercedes winning margin was something ridiculous, like 30 seconds. There was never going to be anything like that. And it was quite clear from early doors that that way it was never going to be a simple walkaway race. Yeah, I mean, you take the pit stop out of the equation because, again, Max pitted for um, a tie change, an attempt at fastest lap, which he got and then didn't get. Um, take that out, and it was 20, 26 seconds pit delta. So, really, yeah. he was only three seconds and three seconds at a pit stop behind Hamilton at the end. Yeah, Lewis probably lifted a bit when he realised that they'd all pitted, but, I mean... I don't know, because Lewis... Lewis got told by Bono that everyone was um, everyone behind him was stopping for tyres for a fastest lap, 
and just as he was coming onto the last lap, he said, "Shall we go for it?" Mm. He said, "No." He said, "He said, should we?" And then I think Bono said something like, "Oh, we could do." And then Lewis said, "Stay out." <laughs> so I think it was sort of it was his choice, and I think he was like, "Nah, fuck it. We've got track position. We'll be fine." Yeah, yeah. Go for the big points. I kind of, I, I, I do like that. It's it's coming down to thinking about that fastest lap point mm-hmm. and whether or not you've got a big enough gap to go for it or not. But at the same time. I do see what Lewis Hamilton's thinking where he goes, mm, I could risk it or I could just take the 25. Mm-hmm. I'll go for the 25. Thanks very much. Yeah. A bit of me thought would have been hilarious if Bottas tried to bend it trying to get the fastest lap. <laughs> just a little bit of me. I don't, I don't, I don't dislike Bottas, but just the way his weekend had been going, I think it would have been dead funny. It would have been yeah. a very Bottas way for it to go, wouldn't it? I'm surprised it hasn't happened, not necessarily with Bottas, but with someone doing a late dash pit yeah. stop. Either the pit stop yeah. gets fucked up because the crew had started to switch off, or someone comes out, pushes too hard, tyres aren't quite ready, into a wall. Bottas was yeah. looking like he could hound Max for second at one point as well, until he had that, was it a sensor failure or something? And he it's dropped, an exhaust, he very quickly. Exhaust heat sensor something or other. Yeah it, was, yeah, it wasn't in the engine, it was in a different part of the car and it, it dropped him about two seconds on one lap. Yeah. Mm. yeah it's I, d- I don't think it was, I, th- I think it was a handy thing for him to happen in the end because it gave him some talk about after after the race, like that's the problem he had. Yeah, yeah, but it would have been good to see what you know laps whether or not Bottas could have could have had an attack on Verstappen. As I say, I think he responded brilliantly after all the fallout of everything that happened after after Imola. Um, we none of us put him in the podium on. Our, uh, excuse me, we... someone did. Someone did. Oh, you did, <laughs> um, and I was did. wildly <laughs> mocked for it last week. Thank you very much. Yes, you were. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> because because it didn't look like you know even up as far as you know Friday, Saturday morning, even it didn't look like a safe bet at all to put Bottas anywhere near the front. Oh yeah, no, I'm pretty um, certain I was talking shite. I just wanted to go with something different to what everyone else had gone with. I didn't actually necessarily back Bottas, but there we go. Yeah, but but you know, in all fairness to Bottas, he pulled it off. You know, um, not. No, I'm not saying you know to whom you what was it? What was it he said? To whom it may concern, fuck you. He's not quite at that level, but um, it, it, he's. Uh, He's a decent Mercedes number two driver at the moment. Yeah, that's because uh, I know there was he was getting a bit of stick actually on uh, social media, and I, again I was a bit confused why he was getting so much stick. He's in the other Mercedes, and he was just behind his teammate, and he was he was at least in the pit window mm-hmm. to be useful to Mercedes. You know, it's not like he was fucking fourteen seconds behind. Yeah, twatting no, about no. in ninth going wheel to wheel with George Russell. He wasn't yeah, doing exactly. that. Yeah, <laughs> correct. No, no, no. Yeah. A good redemption for, for Valtteri Bottas, I thought. And um I'm, I think it it, it was a redemption. It. Yeah, it was a redemption, but I can't um I with him getting pole and then starting the race, but clearly just not having the pace mm. of the two people behind him. I, I, I it think a, it's worse for him. I thought it was a strange defending move um, when I think they said it on the TV as well. When he defended from Hamilton, he sort of he, he almost moved out of the way. He, he almost like he covered the inside when he really didn't have to. And Hamilton was just like, "Okay, I'll just I'll take the normal racing line then." 
that was a tremendous move Hamilton did there, though. Like, the, you know, that that wasn't an easy overtake by any stretch of the imagination. No, no. He, he basically right, put Bottas in the he put Bottas in the situation of you. We I mean we can make this move work or we can have an accident. It's up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the thing I got from that move as well was like the amount of times we've watched Formula One over the years and a teammate has come up to take over another teammate and nothing's happened because the cars are so similar. You know, the, the, there's no engine advantage. I know we've got DRS now, so I, I realize that's a thing. But to overtake somebody in the same car as you in that manner was something else, I thought. I mean, don't, don't, don't forget the cars can't be 100, 100% running identically now because, yeah, we've got DRS and we've got the ERS systems as well. So it's a question of when you deploy for that extra boost and if you're deploying it and your teammate isn't. Yeah, I get that. But I mean, I, I would, I'd hesitate to guess that if you've got Lewis Hamilton behind you and uh, you, you're you using all your ERS or down that main straight to defend, I'd have thought. You know, it's, I, I, don't, I don't think he'd have been using his energy up at a different point. Anything he, any juice he could get out of his battery, I think he'd be using there. But yeah, I just, I thought it was, a, it was just a great move. It just showed such control from Hamilton. I mean, it, it it was the start of the lap as well, so you'd have got another lap's worth of um, of energy to use because it resets just like the old Kurz days. It resets at the start mm. of each lap, so Hamilton must have been straight on the button from the beginning. Yeah. And if Bottas was a little bit late, he's lost the fight already. I think but I think it was more than that, though. I just think he took more... I think he just took more speed into the corner, just naturally. I mean, it's it's not like Bottas even had an answer when Lewis got ahead, you know, it's like Lewis is ahead. Oh, Lewis is three seconds down the road. I mean, yeah. yeah. Once he got, once yeah, he got, he, once he got past him, he left him. He left him behind. Dropped. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that, I think that was what really dictated the race, wasn't it? Is um, Verstappen couldn't get past Bottas as quickly as Lewis mm. did. Mm. We might have had a slightly better race if he had have done. Yeah. yeah. Um. Regular, regular listener, contributor, friend of the podcast, um, former Formula Lee winner, Jeff Sharp, came up with an idea at the weekend. Random new rule. Hey, Jeff. See what you think of this. Every driver gets three defensive DRS uses per race. Interesting. Mm, we want less DRS, not more. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, defensive DRS is a... It is an interesting one, but sometimes you've got to be within a second of the car in front to defend anyway, haven't you? So, Any more uh, ideas like that? And Jeff Sharp's going to lose his surname. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, uh, yeah, I want to say that less, D- less DRS would be better. I'm really looking forward to next year's cars. I, I, I really hope they can get close to each other. Mm. Um you know, without this stupid turbulent air and, you know, oh, can't get within a second and a half unless it's in the final sector and then try and pass them the DRS. The ones I'm, the um, ones I'm looking forward to, the 2023 cars, when they finally work out that they don't need DRS and they get rid of it once and for all. Yeah, because DRS is still available, isn't it, for next year? Yeah. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I'm really, I really hope that it's, you know, back to the days of when, when Aero was still fairly... Um, infantile and you know it was understood but it wasn't used to the effect that it is now um 
where, where cars, you know, even at Monaco, you know, Mansell and Senna at Monaco 92, I think it was, and Mansell came out of an emergency pit stop right on Senna's tail. And for like the last six laps, they were like in, in, pretty much glued to each other. Apart. Like, fantastic driving from both drivers. <laughs> We've just fantastic driving from both drivers, you know, it's just mm. that's what we want to see. You want to see driving, you want to see aero management, everything else management, you know. There's always been a case of that, I know, but it'd be nice to see racing. Mm. Definitely. Right. Well, that just leaves us with rock stars and wankers for this one. Mm. Difficult. Danny Rick, rock star. For Sunday. Alonso, rock star. Yeah. For the last half of the race. Yeah. No, yeah. both both yeah. with the good, the good recovery drive. Ferrari strategy. Yeah, definitely. Well, it did there. work for one of their drivers, which is why they split their strategy. Yeah. So, the the only thing to remember about Danny Rick as well is he lost pace somewhere because at one point it looked like he that he might have been able to get back up there with Lando. There, there was his second half of the race wasn't mm. as strong as his first half. I think it definitely looks like some drivers well, Lewis, have got on better with some compounds than others this weekend. I I think maybe it's just a pit it, stop. It? Yeah, I, I don't think you can look past Lewis as the rock star. To be perfectly honest, yeah, it was yeah. looking yeah. two passes past Verstappen. Yeah, past Verstappen and he, Bottas he, to win the race. Yeah, I'm he gonna, won I'm, that race. I'm going to go for Kimi with one foot in each camp. Wanker for take, uh, nearly taking his teammate out on lap one, and Rockstar for admitting it was all his fault and why he, and how he did it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I'll, I'll take that. Um, yeah, yeah, but no, like Lewis's uh, Lewis's win was like a masterclass of how to win a Formula One race. I think drive the fastest car fastest. Yeah, guess what? We get to be called Lewis Hamilton fanboys this week instead of racists. Yeah, great. <laughs> Oh yeah! After my uh, my Toto Wolf rant a couple of weeks ago, I think I said this, didn't I? I got a, a, an angry, angry message saying, "Don't forget." Very, very broken English, so I do apologise to the listener whoever sent it to me. But um, it was, "Don't, don't forget, you are Lewis Hamilton fanboy." Oh, okay, yeah, clearly. <laughs> Dep- de- depending on where he put his punctuation, there he might actually think you're Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget, you are Lewis Hamilton fanboy. fanboy. <laughs> No, I can guarantee that Chris definitely isn't Lewis Hamilton. I have seen the clothes Chris wears. <laughs> they are normal. Yeah, not no, yeah, they're not anything like Lewis Hamilton's. <laughs> right, Spain this weekend. Um, oh, we, we all know the circuit only too well. Um, y- yes. It usually doesn't produce great races, let's be honest. It's a test track, so what happens is the cars go round as they do in the normal way that they do, and we don't really get all that many surprises all that often. But it wasn't this year's test track. For once, no. But these cars have been tested on this track last year. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think the last surprise we had in Spain was 2016. Yes, very true. Yeah, and that was because the Mercedes decided to take each other out. Max won his debut race in the in the Red Bull. Um, I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a decent... Spanish race since then. There was a good run between Vettel and Hamilton, wasn't there, when they were fighting for championship early days? Was that 2018? Vettel and Hamilton had a bit of a race. I think Vettel ended up winning it. Winning it. 
I don't remember that one as such. There was one, but I mean, this is this is the problem with Spanish Grand Prix. They're all they all end up being much of a muchness and merge into one. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that was a battle for the lead, but I don't think anything else was really happening anywhere else on the circuit. So, <laughs> so in the spirit of um, things being utterly predictable, uh, what order are we putting the top three in this Ooh. week? Well, I'm just having a quick look at the weather because I think that might play a bit of a of a. That's a good shout. Arc. Yeah. Because it's colder across Europe this week than it has been for a long time at this time of year. Mm. It was throwing it down this weekend as well. Hopefully the weather stays shite. <laughs> <laughs> can we have um, can we have decent weather at about quarter to, quarter past eight tomorrow morning when I'm riding into work? Absolutely not. It can do it can do what it, <laughs> it, it can, after that it can do what it wants until five o'clock. <laughs> Yeah, it does say, um, the quick search I've just done here, it just, just says cloudy and 20 degrees. Well, that's boring. Which is about right for Barcelona. Yeah, it is boring. So it, it's a Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas then. I'm going for exactly the same. <laughs> I I think the McLaren will suit that track. I'm going to go for a slightly different Verstappen, Hamilton, and just because I want to see it in Spain, signs. Ooh. I will go for, because I think this has been historically a um, uh, Mercedes track in recent years, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Except, uh, except 2016. But I don't <laughs> believe... Uh, 2016, I think I'm fairly good with recent times there. <laughs> but the... Um, yeah, I, I think the... The it looks like the it was a false dawn for Red Bull, but I think it only looks like that. I th- yeah, I think it's the straights that fucked them over a little bit, mm-hmm. and the lack of uh, the sort of mid-range corners. So yeah. I think your Red Bulls are going to be right up there. Uh, I think it'll be Verstappen, Hamilton again, oh, and. Um, I'm going. I'm going. I'm doing it again. Fuck it, and Lando on the podium. <laughs> and Sean's been beaten been up by a cat. By a cat. If you want to put your predictions in, go to the website threelegsfourwheels.com. Go to the game section and go to the prediction league and go for the top three. Whether it'll be a safety car or not, number of DNFs, pull, and fastest lap, and you got until five minutes before qualifying starts on Saturday to get your entries in. Um, yeah, I just want to say as well, you know, Mercedes now seem to get, be getting a handle, don't they, on the on that car? Remember, was it the D, 2017, the Diva car? Mm. Yeah, it appears like it took them a little while to just get their heads around that. It appears to be doing the same this year. So we'll see how the season pans out, obviously, but looking forward to it. It could it could be when it comes. I mean, Spain is traditionally when the order shuffles itself out when the first upgrades come in, the start of the European season. But obviously, this year's kind of been that's the thing. Up. Is that what's happening this year? Because it's not the start of the European season. That's it's not it's, as many races in as we normally would be. Yeah, it's mess- no Red Bull brought some this weekend, mm-hmm. as did AlphaTauri and um, Aston. I think they took them off because Saturday was so windy they couldn't work out if they were working or not so they just decided not to use them I think in the end. 
And you've really got to look at anyone that doesn't put upgrades on now. Um, they'll be looking at Azerbaijan before they can put anything on there. Or Haas and just or bugger it, it. Yeah. In the case of Haas, maybe, maybe, let's put all four wheels on this week and see how we, <laughs> see how we go. So, yeah, it could be... Um, we don't know until we see what updates come out, but it could be more of the same, or it could be a little bit of a shake-up. Uh, well... Well, we'll find out starting Friday So what you've morning. said there is teams will have updates or they won't. Basically, yes. Brilliant. Because we don't know. <laughs> this is when it normally happens, but this ain't a normal season. Fair? Yes. Thank God for that. Yeah, I guess so. Thank God for that. Um, right. Is it shunting time? It should be. Can be. Where's my phone? There's my phone. Gotta press the app. Second, I still yeah, my Barcelona one. weather Google map open, so I'll just close that. I don't think if 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 the shunt is the Barcelona weather map, I would be very surprised. Well, you never know what you're going to read that might give you me a hint. So I'm just I'm just on the chat page again now. That's it. I'm I'm just hoping that this, this was. I was going to say I'm just hoping that this week's shunt isn't Adobe Audition because that's what will go up in front of me. Again, unlikely. I feel. <laughs> Also, I, do, I want to apologise to last week's shun, shunty, shunter, shunty, shunter, shunt, yeah, that person. Uh, because I don't the think we gave master. them... Yeah, the shunt master. I don't think we gave them enough credit because it was a difficult one. They did get us, but they it was did. just a little bit like, oh, okay. I, I, I still think there was dirty tactics used in that one. I think there was... Underhand there, there, there was clues, yeah, underhand. Some of those questions were allowed, but they weren't within the spirit of the rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one, who knows whether these are in the spirit of the rules. I haven't even read it. Uh, this one is from Joshua Russell, and he sent it to me on Instagram. So cheers, mate. Joshua Russell or George? No, Joshua <laughs> Russell. Is this another member of yeah, your... I was going to say, is it a relative? No, no, it doesn't seem to be. Well, maybe I am. I am related to a certain clan of Russells. Um, so yeah, maybe. Uh, I was born Yay. in 1969, where okay. I also got my first real six string. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am five foot seven inches tall. That's one average driver height. Centimeters for you, centimeter fans. Although the Americans will be saying, no, we'll stick to freedom units. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I measure things in freedom units. Fuck yeah. Um, my best result at Monaco was second to my teammate. I would like to guess. So we are looking probably for a Formula One driver then. Mm-hmm. Because they don't do Monaco in anything else. Or they do Formula E, don't they? I don't think anyone born in 1969 is doing Formula E, though. I think it's a slightly younger no. breed. Is this someone so. the same age as Schumacher? Yes. Schumacher was 69, wasn't Well, not 60. He was born in 69. Yes. So, you've been looking at an F1 driver around the... The mid... Sort of so early mid, to 90s. Mid 90s to mid noughties, you would think. Um... It's the it's the height was Monica. it five, five foot seven? Yeah, it's a very nondescript height for an F one driver. That's neither short nor tall. It's about the same height as Alonso. It's isn't kind it? of the height you're meant to be. Nice. He has won Monaco and is not that old, I believe. Mm. Um, it's the same height as me. I've never won Monaco and I'm a year younger. 
<laughs> Just think, if I'd have only had millions of pounds and talent, I could have been up there in F1. <laughs> Just quickly, did anybody see part of the uh, um, like the charity drive that that was given through Formula One? Was there was a load of like uh, aid money being put out, and there was a picture of Lance Stroll where it was like I did this, see uh, this something that was going to going to Africa, and I, I retweeted it because it looked like uh, Lance Stroll had been bought Africa by his father. <laughs> I mean, it's one hell of a song to own the rights to. We'll make a fortune from it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, insert 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 Toto joke. I can't even bother making it, but there is. There's like 50 that was just all of a sudden in my head. <laughs> um, anyway, we're getting, we're getting away from the... We are. Uh, I have no answer yeah, at present Mon- time. Monaco runners-up. I mean, you you did get... Uh, F2 has gone there before, so I'm, I'm assuming that GP2, but again, a little bit too recent. Maybe mm. F3000. Oh, crazy. Um, went there. So, but... He's only saying best result at Monaco was second. Yeah, it could be someone who's won elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, Damon Hill's never won at Monaco. I think he's a little bit older. And a little bit taller. That's true, yes. He doesn't have to wish he was a bowler. (laughs) (laughs) Wish he had a rabbit in a hat. (laughs) How old's Herbert? He'd be a little bit older as well, wouldn't he? I refuse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, FLTP Johnny Herbert sounds like a good shout. I think he's a bit older, but I don't have any better guesses. I think he's a bit younger than that, possibly, Johnny oh. Herbert. Should we go Should we go for that for now? Because I can't think of anything better. Why yeah. not? I crashed heavily in my last 24-hour race. Oh, would this be... Very likely Johnny Herbert. <laughs> Could be Johnny Herbert. I was going to throw Alan McNish into the mix because he had a massive one at um, Le Mans a few years back. He did. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's actually a good show. Yeah, Alan McNish. Um, would he have finished second at Monaco behind somebody else in a Toyota? No. Yano Trulli's, only, Yano Trulli's only race win was Monaco, was it not? But not in a Toyota. Ah, before he the was... Toyota time. Yeah, he was driving for Renault, I think, at the time. Was Alonso's oh, he may very mate. well have been, yes. This is technically kind of a bit of a clue because it's going to encourage you to think more. Oh. But um, the uh, I, after last week's shunt, which wasn't in the spirit of the rules, <laughs> I think this one is outstanding. Excellent. Oh, okay. That's, right, That's okay. high praise. I think, I think I think this is this is good. The questions are within the spirit of the rules. And the person of it, which is, is a good one. Just as a thought, are we actually talking about the Monaco Grand Prix, not the Monte Carlo Rally, which finishes oh, in could Monaco? Could be, could be. But anyway. Yeah, and any other contest they happen to have in Monaco. And they've got a tennis event. Yep. What the, else have they got? They have a, a Diamond League meeting. Yep, they have a municipal <laughs> swimming pool that's cheaper than the municipal swimming pool on the Isle of Man. And is also fully built. <laughs> okay. Clue number five. Yes. Yes. I I have driven for Christian Horner. That doesn't rule many people out, does it? Although actually In... of that age, it does. <laughs> well, I don't yeah. know, because everyone's driven for Arden, and that's his other team. That's true. Yeah, well, no, the, it's not. I was thinking more to do with where Horner was before he joined Red Bull. He was uh, manager of um, a GP2 team, was he not? Arden Motorsports, mm-hmm. his team. Yeah. 
Was he actually? Was it just the manager of Arden? I think yeah, because uh, he set Arden up with his dad, and I know he owns Arden, doesn't he? Yeah. So mm. yeah, it could yeah. So it's probably a GP two race then. Could well be. Hmm. But that's still okay. like that's still cracking on a bit in age for a a GP two driver. But did Arden do F three thousand, which was in the nineties? I will remind you. I can give you another clue for what I guess. Yes, please. Yes. And oh uh, yeah, I'm waiting for it. Is that I mean, yeah right? Yeah. Um, I have raced in the UK, Europe, America, and Australia. As any any F one driver I, I, in I, I the early noughties would have done. I don't know if this is uh, correct, <laughs> but I, I'd have put Asia in as well. How old's Mark if, Webber? If I, but, Mark Webber is not that old. No, he can't be. Mid forties. He won in Monaco as well. He did yeah. multiple times, backflipping in the pool and all that jazz. Mm. Um, so it's it's a racing driver mm-hmm. that's raced for either Red Bull or Arden, and hasn't won Monaco. No, I wouldn't be so cast iron with where you're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I think I think you you you, de- you, de- you were definitely saying things as if they were definite yeah. facts, and although they are definite, uh, although they kind of are right. I I think you need to you need to be looser on those terms. Okay, so it, it might not be a driver. It's it, a fifty-two-year-old that's done stuff with Christian Horner in various continents. Jerry Halliwell, <laughs> um, fifty-two. Another ten years on that. <laughs> Stage age. I want to guess. Oh, oh shite! We do need to do yeah. a guess here, don't we? Um. I've got no idea. I have no advance on McNish, but I don't actually think it is McNish. Yeah, I can't think of anything. I'm happy to go with yours. Uh, I'm trying to think of like people who might have been like test drivers in the '90s who you know didn't quite make a full seat. Mm. Jean Denis Delatraz or. Uh... <laughs> no, I think he did. I think he ended up driving for he did, yeah. Lotus, possibly, yeah. Oliver Gavin has just yeah, retired on, again. Well. He's, he's yeah, not he's that old. Younger, they talked right, about his age yeah. during Six Hours of Spa this weekend, which was his final race, and I think he's 46. But he's driven the safety car everywhere. He has. As I said at the time, he was Burnt Maylander before Burnt Maylander was Burnt Maylander. I feel me humming and harum was trying to help you then, and you just paid no attention to me. I paid attention. <laughs> <laughs> Did it help? No. No. <laughs> That's the thing. Paying attention and using the information in, in uh, the correct form is is uh, two different things. Yeah, probably not. Well, I, I think maybe we're not looking at a driver. I'm but... not sure we are looking for. I'm not sure if we're looking for a person or not yet. To be honest, but. Yeah, right. Next lump of clue. 
Next lump of clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven. I was the last person to interview Evo, Evo Knievo before his death in 2007. Richard Hammond. Ah. Right kind of age. Right kind of height. Has probably done some kind of silly... They no, did. They, they did the, th- the three hatchbacks. They did, Monaco, and one and... of them was in a car with um, Briatori. I think someone had someone else with them, and yeah. I can't remember the exact lineup. They all had different F one figures with them. Well, they did to help them do their practice laps, and then I think they yeah. did like a race, and I think probably Clarkson won it, and Hammond finished second, and James May was also involved. Yeah, he would have been there somewhere. It was a yeah the, race between hot hatches. G of the James May Nazi Participation Award. <laughs> right, next clue. The James May O Cock Award. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> uh, my first moments in a Renault Formula One car were noticeable because I stalled. Yeah, Hammond. Richard Hammond. No, he did. I yeah, stalled. I only saw a repeat of that two weeks ago while I was working from home. Yeah. On Dave, by any chance? It was. Um, number nine, I left my employer at 13, uh, of 13 years in 2015 and joined their American rivals. After the yeah, punch. Sounds like Richard Hammond. In 2006, I crashed at over 300 miles an hour and was hospitalised for several months. At yep. Elvington Airfield, which was 10 miles away from where I grew up. Or where he crashed? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, because we was in Leeds Royal. Is it Leeds Royal or Leeds General? Uh, Leeds, Leeds, Leeds General Infirmary. Yeah, yeah, that's where he was with his... Uh, I've got his book. Um, that it, It's really weird because he, uh, he writes the book up to the point of the accident and then his wife takes over. Ah. But to differentiate between his wife... Uh, sort of narrating, if you will, the book. Uh, they changed the font slightly and put it in italics because then later on, Richard Hammond comes back into the book and it's in its original font hmm. yeah. and non-italic again. That's a good way to tell them apart. But to ask the question, are you Richard Hammond? I am Richard Hammond. Yay. Yay! That was good. Yeah, I like that. That was cool. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah we, we have nothing right up to the evil can evil question. <laughs> And Paul got it on that. <laughs> yeah. Evil Knievel was a childhood hero of mine. I am that old. I remember watching him on World of Sport jumping over double decker bus- uh, sorry, single decker buses in Wembley. I wanted cool. I wanted to go and my mother wouldn't take me. <laughs> oh no. Ruined my childhood not seeing American try and decapitate himself on a motorbike. <laughs> 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 that was that was really good. Thank you. Thank you for that, uh, Joshua. Um, how do you um, how do you become a shunter or shuntist or shunterer? To do a total shunt, you have to become my friend and uh, add me on Twitter or Instagram at a total shunt. Just look for me and then send me a PM. Uh, if... Not only do you get not only do you get to be part of the quiz, you gain a friend. <laughs> that last one comes with a free air quote. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you want to send one for the reserve list as well, you can send it to threelegsportwheels at uh, gmail.com and use that address for anything else in general. If you um, if you want to get in touch with us, like a couple of people have done during uh, 
during the week, um, including, where is that one, from Thomas Stanley, who says, love the show, listen every week. Even my wife enjoys it, which is a rarity for podcasts. And uh, sorry we're recording over Zoom, but at the moment it is the most convenient, well, over the internet, but it is the most convenient way of doing things for us for the time being. But we hope to all be together in the same room for special occasions. What, like Christmas? <laughs> you know that you know that podcast night out that we've been planning for the last four years, since the last one? Yeah. yeah. Longer, than, longer than four years, surely. That was ages ago, wasn't it? Jesus. Yeah, I think, I think we might, would, we might, we might be overdue. I mean, it wasn't even all of us then, was it? Five years ago, that was. Chris had to disappear because he was meeting the relatives for the first time, so me, Lee and Dan just went and got drunk. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and Dan bought champagne. He did. Dan in, did buy champagne. Yeah, in one of the most expensive pubs in town. Oh, those were halcyon days. We didn't ask where Dan got the champagne from, actually. We possibly should have done. Um, mm. If you want to help us out, you can subscribe on Patreon. It uh, means you usually get the show a little early, and sometimes we record extra shows for our patrons as well. Just go to patreon.com slash three legs, four wheels, and you can subscribe from one currency unit a month, and those currency units are pounds, dollars, and euros. I felt like saying something different this week. Yeah. But we, uh, you, you can give us an entire Bitcoin if you want every month. That's worth a shot. <laughs> An entire Bitcoin, which is currently worth... About $50,000. Maybe someone doesn't know. Yeah, uh, one Bitcoin equals £40,926 at the current time of recording. Which would make you, if you were to do one Bitcoin, it would probably make you our favourite Patreon. That is very true. <laughs> I, lo- I love the fact it's still probably yeah I mean you know you, right. you, if you're a dickhead about it then maybe not I've, I've got my I've got my favourite my favourite listeners I'm not telling any of them who they are <laughs> 40,993 is getting more expensive uh-huh. so um, also, if you want to chat during the race, um, head to the website and look for the link for Discord. And there's usually a couple of us hanging out on that. The chat always goes on. And there's details about our iRacing League on there as well. Uh, just to get a plug in, we're doing the Not the Indy 500 on iRacing on the Sunday the 23rd Monaco Grand Prix weekend. Um, if you want details on how to join in with that, drop us a line and uh, we will add you in. Um, I'm absolutely going to try and do that. I'm hoping that'll finish this year's. Not in, not in the pits being glued back together. <laughs> I, I can't promise that. <laughs> um, I, if... I, can't, I can't promise that if you're racing, you're finished. If I'm racing, you're finished. <laughs> I'm the admin. I can kick people off the server. Um, <laughs> um, also, get in touch on the socials at Three Legs, Four Wheels, um, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And individually, you can tweet us at... At Sean Cowper. At Flood21. And at Pablo100. I think I've got all that out of the way now. Can I uh, I pause for breath? Yeah. Oh, good. And that's me breathing. Right, um, we will be back next week. There will be a review of whatever happens in Spain, which we all think is going to be pretty damn predictable. Um, We think. We think. Which means I don't. I think we're going to get a really, really, really good race in Canada. In Canada? No, we're not going to get a race in Canada. <laughs> in Spain, yeah. Maybe, really maybe next year. 
maybe. It's, sh- it's such a shame Canada's not on the calendar. It's one of my favourite races of the year calendar. Calendar? Canada. <laughs> you're real. You're, can you're can we leave? Can we go? I think you've exhausted all the words. Uh, no, none. That's the issue. Right, Lee is now pitting for hard words for the rest of the season. <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck. We Wait will... until we get no, to Azerbaijan. No. I've got a fucking 45-minute 45, 45 workout to do before I go to sleep, so I've been trying to just drink water. <laughs> we'll be back next week, and uh, we'll be launching something special for the weekend of the 31st of May that involves 20, 24 hours of non-stop gaming for charity. More details to follow. Until then, as has now become the new catchphrase after I said it wrong last week and everybody reminded me of it, say stafe, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs>